Welcome back to the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian nutritionist. On our episode today, we are gonna we're gonna end our women health series that we've been doing for the month of May. Today we're gonna talk about GI issues related to perimenopause or menopause and what you can do about it to help alleviate some of the symptoms that you may be experiencing. In the last couple episodes, we've been talking about, you know, chronic pain with my friend and former colleague, Ann Denner. We talked about diabetes. We actually did two episodes about diabetes. And I had a colleague on, Angela Manderfeld, talking about her what she does in terms of preventing or reversing diabetes or prediabetes. So if those are topics that you're interested in, I would go back and listen to them for more information. Um, I actually think they're really great. Like there, there's a lot of information there and there's a lot of people. Um, there's just a lot of knowledge there between the two of them. So on our episode today, we are going to talk about we're going to talk about this idea of um, GI symptoms that women may be experiencing as they progress further away from their reproductive years. So we know that there is this imbalance of hormone that occurs with either, you know, whether you're in, um, you're approaching perimenopause or in perimenopause or you're menopausal. Specifically, there is a decrease or like a lower estrogen and an increase in cortisol. And what we know happens is that there is a slowing of digestion and that or any other things that are happening to your GI tract can help impact your quality of life. So every woman experiences different symptoms, but some of the most common symptoms that people are experiencing, people meaning women, (laughs) are diarrhea, constipation, gas, and bloat. And so we're going to really talk about this today because besides the physical symptoms of the discomfort of these things, gut health is very important. I had been holding off talking about gut health because There's so much research about gut health and the microbiome, and I want to simplify this as much as possible. And, you know, when we have more research or when I have an expert on that can really dig deep in that, I I want to do that. But I just want to kind of emphasize that your gut is really important. So, you know, when we talk about GI issues, we're talking about your your entire GI tract. So that starts from your mouth and goes all the way to the end of your, you know, your anus essentially. And so what we know is that gut health is really important because there's a huge, um, proportion of immunity. So you have a lot of like, um, like immunity sitting there in your, in your GI tract. And more recently, we know that there's this communication, which is fascinating between your gut microbiome, so the bacteria that sits in your GI tract, and your immune system. And so besides the physical symptoms of some of the things you might be feeling, it's also important to kind of figure out how we can get to a place that you can have like a healthy um, and 
like a, like a healthy gut microbiome. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I want to preface this episode by saying that we are talking about like basic um, GI issues. This episode isn't meant for somebody who has, you know, pretty extensive GI issues such as celiac disease or um, Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis because these things are much more chronic and they're going to be much more um, pro-inflammatory and much deeper and the treatment is much more um, extensive than what we're going to talk about here. Because in this episode, we're going to really just talk about the symptoms. And so, you know, I think some of these symptoms or a lot of these symptoms can be under the umbrella of um, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, as typically that syndrome encompasses lots of the um, lots of the things that you might be experiencing, such as diarrhea, constipation, gas, and bloat. And so typically, you know, um, some women will say that they are having um, diarrhea. That's one of the things that people say. And so if you're having diarrhea, what do you do about it? Well, in all of the things that I'm going to talk about today, what is going to some of it is nutrition lifestyle. Some of it is nutrition related and some of it is lifestyle related, but they all have the same things in common. And that's essentially that there's a lot of different factors that can influence it. So I think a lot of times when we're talking about our GI tract, we're talking about like what we eat and what we drink, but there's many other factors that influence this. And those factors can include, um, you know, it can include lifestyle factors such as having a lot of stress, not sleeping a lot, not being very active. And so I know that we've talked about these in a lot of the other, you know, women's health series that we've done. So I just want to kind of preface that and we can talk about that as we progress into the episode. So first with diarrhea, that's one of the first symptoms that people will say that they have diarrhea. And when we talk about diarrhea and when we're talking about all of these things, we're not talking about chronic diarrhea. Um, We're talking about something that's more acute. So say you're somebody who's having diarrhea sometimes, what do you do about that? Well, typically you're going to, you know, you're going to add some things in to help prevent you having diarrhea. And so that could be things, food things such as pectin or oats or bananas or carrots, or barley, or psyllium. You're going to try to have something that helps bulk up that stool that you're having. Um, Some people will add, you know, these things are called soluble fiber. So that's what they'll do. They'll help solidify and bulk your stool so that you're able to get rid and kind of have a little bit more formation in that stool. If you're somebody who is lactose intolerant, you know, you may be having diarrhea because you've had something that that has lactose in it. Um, if you're somebody who doesn't have lactose intolerance, but you notice um, that you're having diarrhea or some loose stool, certainly, you know, checking to see if you've had lactose or perhaps lactose is a trigger for you, and then avoiding either the foods or the um, or the lactose that might be causing it. Again, when we're talking about Um, any of these issues, especially chronic diarrhea, when we talk about that, like it's not, all of these are an acute setting. If you're having something that is more chronic 
and more frequent, certainly that would be something that you might try adding some soluble fiber in at the beginning to see if it helps. But if it's ongoing and you're unable to resolve it, then you would certainly need to talk to your doctor because there could be something else going on. And that's the thing with GI issues is like, if it's something that's acute, it's, you know, at the beginning, perhaps we do some things that are nutrition related and lifestyle related, but if they're ongoing, then I can't emphasize enough the need that you would have to probably go see somebody that could help you with that specifically, either your primary doctor or a GI doctor. Okay. So now we've done diarrhea, let's talk about constipation. So constipation is something that I feel like can be so horrible because if you're constipated, it can also, um, it can also lead to like gas and bloat that you might be feeling too. So a lot of times, most people know what to do when you're constipated, you would add fiber into your diet. So you know, we need 25 grams of fiber a day and most people aren't getting enough fiber. And so if you're not getting enough fiber, then perhaps that is, um, leading to you having constipation. So what we, what we say is to first start to slowly add fiber into your diet. So anytime you're adding fiber into your diet, you always want to do it slowly because if you add it too fast, and you can go from being constipated to then having diarrhea. So some of the ways that you can add fiber into your diet is by eating fruits and veggies and whole grains and legumes. Now, now that you're adding and increasing your fiber, another thing that you need to do is to drink more fluid. Because if you have all this fiber and it's going through your GI tract, you need water to help push it through. So if you don't drink enough water, then even though you're adding fiber, it's kind of going to get stuck in your, it's, it's going to be very hard for it to move. And you don't want your stool to become so hard that, that it's going to be harder for you to then go to the bathroom. So making sure that you're drinking enough fluid to help increase the transit time of the stool is going to be really important. One thing to note is that as we start to get older there's going to be some medications that we're taking that may worsen constipation. Specifically, iron is one of those things. So iron will increase your risk of constipation. If you are on any thyroid meds for hypothyroid or hyperthyroidism, that could increase your risk of constipation. Um, if you're on antidepressants, that also may um, increase your risk of developing constipation. So in addition to adding fiber into your diet and increasing the fluid that you're drinking, what also might be helpful is to, um, is to do something like a Metamucil and, or some kind of stool softener to kind of help keep you regular. Um, if you're doing any of those things, the Metamucil or the stool softener, again, you're going to need some water to kind of help push that through and increase the transit time. But another thing that you can do is, is a probiotic. So we'll talk about probiotics a little bit in just a minute too, but typically probiotics, either if you're eating probiotics or you're having a supplement, it's going to help you, um, restore some of the, um, some of the bacteria in your gut. So you may notice that um, 
probiotics are often, um, I guess like a lot of people talk about probiotics in terms of GI health. Now, one caveat of probiotics is that there's not a lot of the probiotics that are studied. So you could be, you know, in the supermarket and getting a probiotic with like millions of strains. But a lot of those strains may not have ever been studied um, because there's just so many of them. And so I typically like to use the ones that are um, that have been studied, such as Align or Culturel, but because we know a little bit more about the impact of those strains of probiotics. Next, we can talk about gas and bloat, right? So that's another thing that a lot of people complain about, that they are so gassy and that they're so bloated. Well, some of the things that worsen that would be you know, if you are somebody who is constipated, right, you may notice that you have symptoms of gas and blue. You, I would also kind of look and see um, if you're eating anything that's contributing to the gas and bloat. So are you eating um, cruciferous veggies? So are you eating broccoli and cauliflower? Are you eating foods that are gas producing? Um, you know, are you eating, like, what are you doing? Because one of the other things is, is that if you're inactive, that might also make gas and bloat worse. So typically the more active you are, that kind of helps alleviate some of the symptoms of constipation and it'll kind of start to get things moving and aid in digestion. So being active should hopefully help that as well. Now, another thing that you can do is, um, is, is also to take probiotics for this too. So we know that you want to have a nice, healthy gut microbiome to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients into your GI tract and to help with absorption and digestion. So some of the ways that you can either, you know, do a probiotic or you can do fermented foods in your diet that will also act kind of in that same way. And so these fermented foods would be things like kimchi or yogurt or kefir or kombucha or something like that. Or you could choose the route that you're doing a supplement such as probiotics, but just remembering that each probiotic is different and that they, all the probiotics have different strains in them and that each strain does something different. And the ones that are most studied in terms of probiotics are cultural, are cultural, and then Align. They're the two. So we kind of have a little bit more research on those because, you know, there's just so many millions of probiotics out there. It's hard to know what each of them do. And then lastly, let's talk about gluten sensitivity. I feel like that's something that a lot of people talk about that all of a sudden they notice that there are some um, foods that they eat and maybe they don't feel that great after that. And so I think that that's something that is very specific to each person. And so I would kind of try to identify what food it is that you feel like is causing some of the symptoms that you have. Um, certainly if you are somebody who is experiencing like chronic diarrhea or weight loss, you may need to get tested for something else like celiac disease. 
So, you know, in terms of gluten sensitivity, it's hard because you don't really want to take gluten out of your diet if you don't have to, because there's a lot of vitamins that are in, that are, you know, that are lost in the gluten-free products, but you may need to avoid some foods just to kind of, just to kind of help manage whatever symptoms you're having. But, you know, if you think that you have celiac disease, I would consult a GI doctor, especially if you're, again, having chronic weight loss or diarrhea. And at that time, you would want to make sure that you're consuming some kind of gluten so that when they do the testing to decide if you have it, um, you need to have some, some gluten in your body. So... You know, I think all of these things, again, these are for like, and these, um, like these tips are really for an acute, any kind of acute event that you're having in terms of GI symptoms and knowing that if they're chronic or they're very frequent, you may need to go see a GI doctor to get medication or to get a workup to kind of see if there's something bigger going on. And in terms of like lifestyle management, with all of these things, you know, we want to really make sure that you are, again, eating enough fiber. So fruits and veggies and whole grains. If you are, if you have diarrhea, you may need to hold off on some of those things for a little while until the symptoms get better and then reintroduce them into, into your diet. Um, things that may help restore the microbiome of your gut and keep that gut and the bacteria really healthy and happy would be to either eat fermented foods like kimchi, yogurt, kefir, kombucha, or do some kind of probiotic, um, that, that will help really kind of like restore that and, and keep that gut microbiome and bacteria healthy. You want to, if you are um, doing a fiber supplement, whether you're either increasing your fiber or you're doing a fiber supplement, you want to make sure that you are adequately hydrating yourself so that all of that stool can go through your colon um, and to go through your GI tract in a way that it's not going to get stuck. So making sure that you're drinking enough water will help that. Now, some other things that may have an impact on some of your GI symptoms that you're experiencing is caffeine. So one of the things that we say to do is not to overindulge in caffeine, especially if you're having symptoms. So if you're having symptoms of diarrhea, I don't know that I would go and have a whole bunch more caffeine because it might worsen it. So another thing would be like, if you're stressed. So a lot of people may notice that they're having GI symptoms because there's some kind of stress happening in their body, which makes sense, right? So if you are having all of this stress and you're having this release of all these like these like pro-inflammatory hormones and cortisol, then what that's going to do is it's going to alter and disrupt your microbiome and it might make your symptoms worse. And so, you know, we talk a lot about here about like having some kind of stress management, much easier said than done, but that might be something that would be like just kind of taking a minute to yourself when you're in the middle of having these symptoms 
and trying to see if you can, you know, if that helps alleviate it. Um, another thing that we know is that sleep is also something that can help with symptom management. When people don't get enough sleep, we know that that also disrupts the microbiome and may make the symptoms worse. And then lastly, activity. So physical activity is, you know, one of those things that I feel like with all of the things that we've talked about in the, in the women's health series this time around and previously, physical activity is something that remains important. And when we talk about physical activity, we're talking about like 30 minutes a day, five days a week, a minimum of 150 minutes per week. And what happens is, is that typically when people are inactive, everything slows down. So if you are somebody who's already constipated and you're having gas and bloat, that being inactive is probably going to make that worse. Your symptoms will be much worse. So we typically say to kind of get up and move and, and kind of see if that makes anything different. Sometimes after you've had surgery and you are on pain medications, which will tend to make you constipated, um, if you've ever had any kind of surgery, that's one of the things that will be recommended to you is to kind of get up and move in because they usually like you to move your bowels after you've had some kind of procedure. So as in all of this stuff, when we talk about um, GI health, you know, any change in bowel habit that you're having, and if it's especially if it's in a chronic nature, I would probably make sure that you talk to your doctor about that. Um, you know, and, and especially if you're having symptoms of something that has been going on and it, it's not improving and your symptoms are either worsening or they're becoming more frequent or they're just not getting better. I would perhaps speak with your, um, your doctor or your GI doctor to kind of figure out if there's something bigger going on. And then lastly, it is recommended that anybody over the age of 45 should have a colorectal screening. So if you're somebody who is over 45, then perhaps that's something um, to consider as, you know, as we're ending this, hopefully we're getting to the, a little bit closer to the end of the pandemic. So I hope this helps explain a little bit more GI symptoms and why it's common in menopause or premenopausal, how to manage the symptoms and what lifestyle factors can make it better or worsen it. Please share this episode with someone who you think could benefit from this information. And thank you so much for listening to this women's health series series. I will see you guys back here next week and I have, I hope you have a great week.